You're listening to Confidently She, a podcast bringing a fresh, encouraging perspective on what it means to be a woman. And while it's okay to not be okay, I believe there's a way to walk through any stage of life with a confident perspective. It is time to read another review. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I do that sometimes. And I realize that I haven't been like totally myself when I sit down to record something. But I sing things to myself out loud a lot in my apartment. So I'm going to start doing it on the podcast. (laughs) Watch out. Um, All right. So this review uh, on iTunes says, over the last few months, I had been feeling very lost. And in my heart, I knew God was calling me back into his arms. With that being said, I prayed to God to guide me, give me direction, and show me how to make him number one. One of the many tools he revealed to me was this podcast. Instead of listening to music in my car, I'd turn on the podcast. Instead of the latest pop playlist during my workout, I'd listen to Rebecca. Listening to her speak is so refreshing and exactly what I need to hear to help guide my heart back to Jesus. Jesus is speaking so loudly through her, and I can't wait to see how God continues to use her in a beautiful way. Blessings to her and the fellow listeners. May we continue to grow into the daughters of Christ day by day, obstacle by obstacle, and miracle by miracle. First of all, what a well-written sentiment. Like, that that was beautiful. Like, the way that that was worded. And, and I can just feel her heart through that, through those words. That was, that was very, very touching. Um, when I read these, it, it's hard to realize, like, where I started and where we are now and, and kind of what this is changing into. But it's just, again, proof of what God does when we stop getting in our own way and we stop focusing on ourselves and our own stupid insecurities that are very valid and very worth working through, but also just like a waste of time and energy to carry around with us when we lay that down and just like start moving in the direction that we know God wants us to move in, he does stuff like this. Like, like he makes this type of podcast come into existence. And so you're listening to this right now. Obviously, you're getting something from this. Share with the other people out there who haven't heard this podcast yet why they should listen to it, who it's for, why they should listen, why you listen. Share your story and maybe that act of boldness will cause someone else to click on this podcast to listen to and then their heart will be drawn back to who God made them to be and they will work through their insecurities. So like you sharing your little story through a review on an app of a podcast can make an impact. Like everything can make an impact when you're doing it from a place of selflessness and, and out of obedience to what you think God is doing. So I encourage you and invite you to share what God is doing in your life through listening to this and and see if it helps someone else. And that's all I have for you right now. Thank you for listening. I love you so much. 
I am super pumped about this episode because I have an amazing guest with me today. Heather Creekmore is the author of a book called Compared to Who. She has a whole bunch of experience in the fitness industry and really knows what it's like to focus so much on your body. And that's probably one of the reasons she wrote this book uh, to really overcome comparison and to understand like who you were meant to be. She lives in Dallas, Texas with her husband, Eric, who is a pastor, and she homeschools her four children. So Heather, I'm so excited to chat with you today about comparison and body image and just being a woman in the world today. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so glad to talk to you, Rebecca. Yeah. So let's just dive right into this. So you have a background in the fitness industry. Tell me about what got you into that and how you shifted into something that's not necessarily anti-fitness, but just probably a different perspective on, on bodies in general. Well, what's so funny, Rebecca, is my background in the fitness industry only exists because of my body image issues. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a master's degree in public policy. I worked wow. in politics for over 10 years. And throughout my 20s, I was so consumed with how I looked and always look better that at one point, I think I might have been 21 years old when I made a vow to myself. I don't know if anyone else ever does that, but I am going to be a fitness instructor someday, really because I believed that it would cure my body image issues. Mm -hmm. I thought if I could be that woman at the gym in front of the class, teaching the class, certainly I wouldn't struggle with my body image anymore because then I would know that I had arrived. And what happened, um, I mean, I remember my first kickboxing class just as, as vividly as, as today. Um, I remember standing there and looking out at that class of women and thinking, oh, that woman in the front row, she's in better shape than I am. That woman in the second row, she has a much better high kick than I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that woman in the third row, wow, she's, she is super fit. She should really be teaching this class. And it was, it was really a blow because I recognized, you know what, becoming a fitness instructor is not the cure for my body image issues. And so that's how I got into it. Um, And really God started me. That was, that was my early twenties. What God showed me through the next really like decade and a half was being a certain size. Um, and then really, in addition to that, like really being married because I thought like getting married would cure my body image issues at one point. Right. And mm-hmm. another point I thought like having a kid would cure it because I thought, well, you know, moms are so busy worrying about keeping someone else alive that surely if I had that to worry about, then I wouldn't worry so much about like my calories and my exercise and just making everything as perfect as possible with my body. And so there are really lots of different things that I tried uh, with my whole heart, hoping that they would cure my body image issues. And um, like I said, it was, it was a several decade long journey until God finally was like, Heather, what are you doing? (laughs) Stop all this nonsense. And let me show you some truth about what you've been chasing and why all of these things that you're trying to fix your body image issues aren't working. And that was a real turning point um, in my life. And that's kind of where my, my ministry and my books have stemmed out of. Yeah. 
I think that it's so fun. I, I don't know how many times I need to tell women or how many stories I need to share, but I've heard this story so many times of, of the person who's like, I reached that fitness goal mm-hmm. and it wasn't enough. And, and it's like, yes, like if I can just get more women to believe that before going down the road of like trying all the things and spending all the time and effort, like trying to get their body to a certain place, what was it about? you know, teaching that fitness class or whatever, like what was the thing that made you realize for you, like, oh, it's not my body. Like, oh, this wasn't enough. Well, it was just a feeling of emptiness inside. Really. Mm. I mean, I thought once I got the thing, you know, be it the fitness instructor credentials or the man Mm -hmm. or the family, um, I thought once I got the thing, then that emptiness, go away. Mm -hmm. And I'll clarify, like I was a Christian, I was raised in the church. And so like, I thought I had the God and Jesus answer down, right? Like Mm -hmm. I, I said the sinner's prayer, accepted Jesus as my savior, probably at age three and about, Oh, I don't know, a hundred times after that. Right. Um, but it just, there was a disconnect for me. What God showed me really was that I was chasing idols. And that was a really unfamiliar concept for me because I was raised in church, but we didn't really talk about idolatry. Like I just, I knew that we shouldn't like bow to the Buddha statue in the Chinese restaurant. Right, (laughs) right. You know, like my parents, my parents didn't even have garden gnomes. Okay. Just in case. Like, so we were a statue free household, you know, just in case. So like there was, there was no chance that I had an idolatry issue. And really it was, it was after I had my fourth child, um, and had been pregnant or nursing for five years in a row because we had four kids in just a little over four years. Uh, We're overachievers like that. Um, (laughs) But but, so I had been pregnant or nursing for for that long. And and it was in that time period when God stopped me and showed me my idolatry and really showed me how the root of my body image issues were not at all. They were a systemic problem in my heart where my heart had been chasing a kind of salvation that I think shows like the biggest loser give us. So I don't, this is my, my biggest loser definition of salvation. I like to share with people what I believe those things kind of taught me subconsciously was that there's some sort of earthly transformation that I could undergo that would make my life just amazingly better. And so I like to say I bought the biggest loser definition of salvation because on shows like The Biggest Loser, and I know it's not on anymore, but most people kind of know the concept at least. But, but at the beginning of the show, you see a person who is trapped in a really overweight body so much so that they can't, you know, do things like play with their kids. Maybe they can't even leave the house. But then they meet someone. They meet like Bob or Jillian, whomever the hot body of the season is. And that person transforms them, right? That person takes them from their old self and transforms them into a new self who is cute and thin and can run marathons, which is the American dream for a lot of women. And and it's a definition of salvation because it's a transformation, right? We see someone Mm -hmm. go from hell, they meet a savior who transforms them. And then at the end of the show, they're in heaven. And that, Mm -hmm. Rebecca, is what I thought real salvation was. I mean, not intellectually, of course. Intellectually, I could have told you all the God and Jesus answers and all the scripture to go with it. But your heart, yeah. But my heart believed that if I had 
that kind of transformation, and I wasn't, I wasn't Biggest Loser Overweight. I wasn't even close to that. Guys, medium wasn't enough, you know, because yeah. culture tells us medium's not good enough. You got to go for small, right? Yep. And yep. so then that was the transformation that would give me peace and joy and, and just fill me with all the things that really only Jesus can fill us with. Yeah. But I look back on all the years I wasted and all the money, frankly, that I yeah. wasted on finding the perfect diet and finding the perfect piece of exercise equipment. Cause I'm like a sucker for like TV and or, or the time I spent at the mall trying to find the perfect outfit because what I looked like was so, so, so important to my livelihood, to my identity, to my value, to my worth, to my everything. And, and really it's, it's been a process of God kind of taking me on this journey and showing me, okay, now you're going to keep doing that. You can keep bound yeah. to that idol because that idol's not going to work out for you. Right. How's it going so um, far? Not great. Exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, because you get on the treadmill of self-improvement and you never get off, right. you know, like you fix your, you fix your body, you lose the weight. And then it's like, Oh, well, what about that extra skin? You got to get surgery for that. Or you got to mm -hmm. tone up and then, Oh, well, that's great about your body. Now what about your nose? Like maybe right. you should get that fixed and you get yeah. the rhinoplasty and it's like, Oh, it's a shame your hair is so frizzy. And then you're fighting the clock, right? You're fighting, you're fighting an impossible battle. You are. You're trying to make the beauty idol happy. And, um, and it's just, it's been a real joy and real freedom for God to show me that it was his grace that showed me that. Yeah. So, so your book is called compared to who, and I'm curious, like what was the idea of the woman that you compared yourself to? Hmm. So that's an interesting question. I went to counseling a number of years ago and a counselor mm -hmm made me figure out who my ideal image was. Yeah. So it was an interesting exercise because I didn't even really know like what I was looking for in trying to figure out who my ideal image was. And so I started looking at women who were culturally, you know, considered beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it wasn't as currently beautiful. Like it just, it wasn't any current models or anything like that. My family watched the Miss America. My ideal was Miss America pageant contestant to look at that woman and think, okay, I'm not her. Like it would just be weird <laughs> to look like her, yeah, to be yeah. her. Like that's not me. And, and so that's when I coach women, like that's one exercise I actually have them do is yeah. to figure out who their ideal is and who's setting the standard in their head. Because those women will tell me, well, no, it's just, it's just my own standard. And I always push them on that. I'm like, I don't believe that's true. It comes like, from got somewhere. That idea from somewhere. Exactly. Absolutely. Cause it's not from God. It's mm -hmm. not from God. God doesn't give us that idea. God doesn't plant the idea in your head that you should look like someone else or you need to look, you know, better like someone else, if you will. So you've yeah. got it from somewhere. And, and when, I, when I work with women who dig deep and find it, it's always really interesting because a lot of times they do kind of look like the person. Like mm. the brunettes will pick out someone. Um, I had a brunette that I worked with who picked out um, Princess Kate. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you kind of look like her. And then I had this little blonde girl that I worked with and she picked out Reese Witherspoon. And I was like, oh, you know what? You do kind of favor her. But it was a really great exercise because you can see like there were parts and these women would admit this. There were parts of that other woman, that perfect woman, that celebrity woman, that, you know, person that everyone considers beautiful. There were parts of her that they were able to look at and be like, you know what though? I don't really want her nose. 
like I kind of like her, my nose, like I don't want her nose or, or I don't, I don't really want her eyes or, or whatever. And so it's really, it was really interesting um, when you do come face to face with that ideal to be like, huh, you know what? <laughs> Maybe you are just a, a figment of my imagination after all. What am I really chasing here? And it, it's just right. an idol. Hey, it's Rebecca. This isn't for everyone, but if you're just like, I'm so done fighting against my body, like every morning waking up and feeling like I just need to deal with this body again today. And you've tried all the other things you've done. You've done the things that everyone else is telling you that you need to do. If you're just like, this freaking sucks. Like I shouldn't have to live like this. I don't want to wake up in the morning with these same thoughts. I am so over all of the people telling me to love my body. What does that even mean? I want an actual plan, actual steps. Someone who's done this. Someone who I can be totally vulnerable with and feel safe. Like they get my struggle because they've been there and they know how to get out of it. They know how to get through it without just shoving it down and pretending like it doesn't matter. I want to invite you into my one-on-one coaching program because that is where you get someone who can see the blind spots that you are completely unaware of. Someone who can repeat your thoughts back to you in a condensed way that makes sense so that you can actually work through them and move forward. If this is something that you're like, oh, that sounds like me, go to RebeccaBiggie.com forward slash coaching. That is how you get started. That is the gateway into what would be private coaching with me one-on-one. It's not for everyone. Not everyone needs a one-on-one body confidence coach. But if you want someone in your corner, if you want that support, if you want to feel like there's somebody on your side to change the way you think when you wake up in the morning, to change how you feel as you're getting dressed, to make normal everyday things like eating and getting dressed and going to work and talking to people and having relationships normal. Because if you think about it, you're hacking your way through the Amazon jungle right now. Okay. There's like, everything is in your way. I've created a path And if you're done hacking away by yourself and you want to just surrender to heal this part of your heart, you know that this is what's been missing, you're invited to walk with me on the path. I only work with a few women every year to be that person that they can be vulnerable with and and share everything that's going on without editing themselves, without censoring it so they don't hurt someone's feelings or, or whatever. Like I get everything that you're going through. I've thought all the thoughts that you've had. I've tried all the things that you've tried. So go to RebeccaBiggie.com forward slash coaching and that's how you get started. Okay, let's get back to the episode it went so far back to like middle school uh, Mm -hmm. for you because, because I think we discredit and discount our experiences when we were so young because we're like, Oh, I know better now. Like Mm -hmm. clearly I'm not hanging on to some idea from high school Mm -hmm. or from when I was 12 or whatever. And it's like, no, but you do. And we all do this. And, and that's why I asked the question, because if we really think back to like, when was the first time you realized you looked different from other people? When was the first time you started comparing 
the way your legs looked compared to the way your friend's legs looked. It happens when you're that like eight, nine, 10 years old. So that's when it starts to form. And if you don't go back to when it starts to form, you will never rip out the root of what it is. Mm -hmm. It was such a young age. And I think that if we're all honest with ourselves, if we all take that time to look back, we will find a very similar origin of of those seeds of insecurity because they all start as seeds Mm-hmm. And then society and culture kind of waters them, but but ultimately we are the ones that allow them to grow if we're just not paying attention. It's not that we're doing it on purpose, but if we don't pay attention, those those weeds of insecurity grow. And getting back to just like the purpose of our body and that like your body was made to, to help you fulfill your purpose in a different way that like a gymnast's body is made to fulfill their Mm -hmm. purpose and understanding like, do you even have, does it even make sense to compare yourself to the person you're comparing yourself to, right? Like if you go back to the Miss America pageant, does it make sense? You know, like me and my body, like with my job and whatever, like, it doesn't make sense to compare myself to that woman because my full-time job isn't maintaining my body because I think we compare ourselves to people who just have a totally different life than ours sometimes. And we never really know like what, what their day-to-day really looks like and how they feel at the end of the day too. So like even your coworker, if you're comparing yourself to your coworker, you don't know the whole context. So yeah, maybe she looks different than you, but maybe there are other parts of her life that are kind of falling apart where yours are are coming together. So it's like no one ever fully arrives in all areas of their life. And so I love that your book is called like compared to who. So to someone who's in that place of like comparing themselves either to someone in their life, like a real person in their life, or maybe a version of themselves that they used to be, what's the first thing they can do to start breaking that cycle of comparison and and stop trying to put this pressure on themselves to always be a better version of themselves? Yeah, I, I love that question because I just read a new book called The Burden of Better. And I talk about this very thing in the book because what I think the truth is we all have these ideals, right? And, and so many times I have women that are like, you know, I don't compare myself to anyone else, just to the me that I think I should be. Um, but our ideals are really idols, mm. right? So like for me, yeah, there's this like body that I think I should have, but it goes so much further than that. Like as a mom, there's how I think I should be, you know, that I should be making organic snacks for my children every day, which, you know, in my dream world, <laughs> I would love to do. But in reality, yeah, that just takes a lot of time. So they eat granola bars a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's like all these other things that, that you think you should accomplish, you think you should be doing every day. You have these ideals and really what they become are little idols, idols that keep you on a track where you're trying to pursue all of these things that you think will, I don't know, fulfill you in some way. And really what they do is they distract us from what God has asked us to do and from his purpose for our lives. Yeah, it's so true. Oh, thank you so much for coming and and sharing your story and sharing this wisdom. Tell us how we can get your book when it comes out, how we can follow up with you and, and stay in touch until then. 
Sure. Well, I can be found at my website, comparedtohu.me, and my podcast is Compared to Who. Yeah. You'll see a theme here. And my book is Compared to Who. <laughs> it's, on, it's on Amazon. I like to just keep it simple. Uh, my new book, The Burden of Better, will be out September of 2020, but um, it'll be on Amazon as well. But I love connecting with people and hearing people's stories. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode of Confidently She. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you right back here next week.